This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings, the final show of February. We got race cars on track in the region next month, so that's exciting. We'll talk about that and more coming up. But first, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. The next-gen race car, I believe, was on point over the weekend at uh, California uh, Auto Club, Fontana, whatever you want to call it. This race was good, man, and that's just my opinion. I was entertained for about 75% of the day on the edge of my seat for the final restart. You got Kyle Larson putting his teammate Chase Elliott into the fence, which we later found out was a spotter issue. We got uh, Daniel Suarez with a chance to win. Tyler Reddick, I feel bad for that kid. Um, Will he get a chance to finish a race without a broke race car? That number eight machine has broke for three weeks in a row, so that's really tough. Um, But what a great race. Kyle Larson goes to victory lane, the California kid in victory lane in uh, Cali. Uh, So it was a really great show. I was here for it. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. We're going to continue to see how this new car performs as we move to Las Vegas this week. What else is going on? How about the Shamrock Classic coming up at the Southern Illinois Center March 11th through the 12th? 28 midget drivers and teams have entered so far, and now among these are some big names. Justin Grant, the 2020 USAC Silver Crown Champion. He won the Classic in 2017. He's in. Thomas Messerall, the 2018 midget winner, is in as well. Brady Bacon, he is in. Uh, He'll be a part of the uh, Jerry Coons Jr. squad. Mark Daly Racing is going to be there. It's really a big deal all of a sudden. The Shamrock Classic is coming up again March 11th through the 12th. How about big money for a big pavement race? Slinger Nationals, the winner, $20,000 richer as part of that race here this year. Uh, The Slinger Nationals will again take place on Tuesday night, July 12th, and California Super Late Model star Derek Thorne has already committed to the event along with other big-time names. The newly announced $20,000 winner's share combined with lap leader bonus efforts has surpassed $16,000 the past few years. This could be the richest asphalt Super Late Model race in Wisconsin history, so it's going to be a big deal. And finally, you remember SRX, the Superstar Racing Experience? Well... Welcome Ryan Newman to the SRX Racing Experience now. The Rocket Man is going SRX Racing. The All-Star Invitational Series founded by Tony Stewart and Ray Evernham confirmed Thursday that Newman is among four former NASCAR Cup Series drivers 
who will take part in the sophomore season. Those things and so much more happening tonight. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Chuck Darling joins me tonight because Rich France is sipping on martinis underneath of uh, the, the moonlight down in Florida. Uh, we feel so bad for him, don't we, Chuck? Oh, we do. We, 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 we feel so terrible that he's sitting on a beach sipping a margarita, you know, under an umbrella. Uh, you know, I mean. God, I feel bad for God, Sherry. That's me. who I feel. I feel bad for Sherry. That's who well, I feel bad long- for. As long as he brings some of that warm weather back up here to us poor saps that are stuck in the cold, frozen northern tundra. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> Rick, Rick, Rich France in a Speedo, not something I'm necessarily missing, so uh, he you can... just en- lost viewers on, or listeners Yeah, on uh, <laughs> He can enjoy that. Hey, not a whole lot going on locally. We're in that kind of lull where we're waiting on things to happen, right? Some folks are racing down south. Some folks are racing on the ice. Some folks are... Just not racing at all. But we did have some schedule releases. We're going to talk in depth about the Silver Bullet Speedway schedule release when we uh, talk with their owner promoter, Matt, coming up here in just a few moments. But how about Hartford? They released the 2022 schedule for uh, that racetrack over on the western side of the state. And this is a competitive schedule, Chuck. Uh, they're going to open their season on Friday, March 20th. That'll be a regular night with modified stock cars, cyber stocks, and HP Cybers. And then the next week, we're going right to Sprint Cars, GLSS, Wing Sprint Cars, on May 27th. Off racing on June 3rd, Night of Destruction on June 4th, regular racing on June 10th, and then they welcome in the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series on June 17th. We're back to Great Lakes Super Sprints Racing on June 24th. Then we work through uh, another little, uh, I don't want to call it a lull, just regular season racing, right, July 1st. Uh, $30 car load night, then July 8th, regular night. GLSS is back in action alongside GLTS on July 15th. No racing on July 29th. TBA for July 22nd. Another night of destruction, another regular series night, another all-star performance late model challenge series night on August 12th. And then season championship night will uh, include the Great Lakes Super Sprints on September 2nd. And one thing that caught the attention of some of our uh, some of our counterparts here, Chuck, is the monster truck throwdown that was added on Saturday, September 24th. As noted in our chat group, monster truck throwdown is uh, all of a sudden becoming a prominent name in motorsports entertainment in Michigan. Yeah, most definitely. I know uh, Chris was talking about how successful the event was at Springport Mid Michigan Speedway last season, uh, packing the place there. I'm sure Hartford will probably do the same thing. I think it's kind of interesting that uh, it seems like they go, they're going to a lot of specials and a little bit of regular nights of racing. Is that mean that it's a transitioning to like a special events only or, you know, what is the deal? I mean, you know, sometimes the racing market can be a fickle one and they're looking at ways of putting people in the stands and packing them in for big events and then having a few regular shows thrown in as well. Did you see the imagery, uh, by the way, uh, moving off of Hartford Speedway, going to be a great season. We're looking forward to that. Uh, That's going to be a lot of fun as it always is, but now transitioning, did you see any of the imagery from the Great Lakes Super Sprints on ice over the weekend? Yes, I did. It looked fairly interesting. It looked like they had, I think, what was it? They had three cars putting on an exhibition for the full-blown sprint cars, but they had more for the lightning sprints 
the day before, I believe. Yeah, so they, you, you had Phil Grassman, you had Dustin Daggett, and then uh, you also had, oh, his name's escaping me, of course. Of course. Um, it'll come to me as soon as we're done with the show. That's exactly <laughs> when it'll come to me. The red number two, um, whose name will not come to me right now. At any rate, uh, they did have three cars up there. Nice little exhibition race, and, and actually, really, uh, did you see any of the video? Daggett and Gressman, you wouldn't have known that they were racing on ice. Those guys were exchanging slide jobs like they were at Thunderbird Raceway. It was unreal. I seen. I didn't see any of the video. I, I do have to go back and watch the video where they had a drone chasing. Yes. Chasing the sprint cars. Um, I did see some of the still photos that... Um, that were taken up there. I believe it was Phil that uh, actually missed one of the corners and ended up in a snowbank uh, yeah. right in front of my buddy Brad <laughs> Bergevin. So that was quite entertaining. Me, I mean, I think it's pretty cool, you know, to do have something to do in the winter, especially, you know, a big event up there at, you know, Tip Up Town up in Houghton Lake. Um, but I'm not a cold weather guy. Yeah, I'll yeah. honestly admit it. <laughs> I am not a cold weather guy, but my, my tip of the hat goes to, uh, you know, Mr. Marlowe, everybody with Great Lakes Super Sprints, the folks up there at Houghton Lake and um, the ice racing promoters for trying something different. I mean, you know, hey, more more attention to local auto racing. By the way, Ralph Brackenberry. We weren't completely done with the segment, uh, but I came up with it. <laughs> Ralph Brackenberry. Um, and here's the deal. This was an exhibition weekend, um, and uh, I think fans got a nice little taste of of what they're hoping to be able to really do next year and also caps off to Dustin, Dustin Daggett and Phil Grassman for, you know, putting their equipment on the line to test this out and to uh, make sure that this is something that can actually be done. So, um, man, I, I'd like to see what it becomes next year. And as you mentioned, the day before, a nice little handful of uh, lightning sprints were in action as well. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, what they have there? About half a dozen cars that showed up. Uh, enough for a couple of heat races. In fact, um, Mac Erickson, Lindsey Erickson, Bud Schrader, all won heat races as part of the inaugural Hot Wheels on Ice at Houghton Lake on the East Bay. So uh, they're going to do it again this weekend, actually. Did you know that? They're going to go ice racing again with the Lightning Sprints. They had so oh, much fun last weekend, they're going to do it again. That's pretty cool. I also know, uh, I think it was Jeff Bozell uh, won in the four-cylinder race. Yeah, there. yes. Yeah, that's well, right. They did have another full-size car. Yeah. Yep. Um, by the way, I just want to clarify, they're going to go racing again this weekend on the ice. It'll be this time at St. Mary's River Roar. Uh, the March 5th program starts at 1 o'clock. More details can be found at Great Lakes, Sprints, uh, Great Lakes Lightning Sprints on Facebook. So, Will I make it? Probably not, because I tend to agree with Chuck Darling. Uh, I would rather be sweaty at the racetrack than yes. be freezing. So is that I fair? That. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into our first interview tonight, and we start off with the promoter side of things. We're going to head all the way over to the thumb of Michigan, and we're going to talk Silver Bullet Speedway tonight. And it's our pleasure to welcome in Matt Hoonout, who is uh, joining us on the program. Good evening, sir. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it, bud. Matt is uh, one of the... Now, are you one of the, or are you now the promoter of Silver Bullet Speedway? you got to tell me uh, what, what exactly your role is I, there now. No, I am... I'm the, I'm the only one there. All so right. As far as I'm um, the owner-promoter, and then, uh, no, i got my great crew. 
So of course now. Silver Bullet Speedway, I've been there a couple of times. Uh, what an interesting facility you have there. And furthermore, a facility that you've put, you and your team, as you mentioned, have put a lot of time and resources into over the last few years. Now, the last time I was there, you were in the middle of getting ready to upgrade with new buildings and sound and uh, you know track prep and stuff like that. Tell me what's going on for the folks who haven't been there in a couple of years. Tell me what's happening at Silver Bullet Speedway. Basically, I mean, over the last 10 years, we've replaced, you know, every fence in the place. Uh, so recently, within the last three and four years, we replaced the whole front stretch fence, uh, bent all new poles. I mean, we welded taps, so all our safety cabling is perfectly straight. Um, basically, when I do something, I want to do it once and do it right. And I like everything very, uh, you know, very straight and very... Uh, no, just done right. So, uh, and then we've since uh, upgraded all our lighting, uh, all our poles. Um, no, it had old wood poles. We switched over where we pour uh, concrete bases, and we directionally poured all electrical underground in conduit. So it's all uh, you no know, weather resistant, and uh, just so we don't have any more problems. The electrical was really outdated and it would break under the track. And so I just went through and, I mean, the whole facility got all new electric throughout, um, ran all new speakers uh, up front. I am in the process of running new speakers for the pit, uh, which I hope I don't run out of time uh, before the season starts to do that. I have them, but we got to run cabling from the very front, uh, basically our scoring tower all the way back to uh, – back to the pit area and then from there out to the new poles we put up there about four or five years ago uh, most recently we built a brand new 50 by 40 big front entrance building it's uh all red black and white kind of going with you no know, the racing colors and racing uh feel so uh that's uh that got built at the beginning of the season it was finished the building was but now i'm building out all the inside stuff as far as uh concession booths uh ticket booths will be in there handicap bathroom uh there's gonna be uh museum gift shop uh little office and uh some extra storage so it's uh i've been going up there every thursday and friday uh building out you know studding out and framing out the inside and i'm trying to make it uh, coordinate with the outside as far as colors and everything else. So basically when you walk in, the building is looks almost the same on the inside as it does outside as far as uh, black wings coating, red and white trim and everything else. So excited to get that building done, and that way we can uh, tear apart or tear down our old concession building, which to me is an eyesore. It just outlived its life, and uh, I'm basically done with that building. So I uh, want to get that out of there, and long-term, eventually, where that is, I'd like to build another bathroom building, but that's, that's down the road. A lot. Of, I mean, my goodness. So I, that's, an, I, I, that's what I was going to say. A lot of updates. I mean, my goodness. Uh, you, you have not been uh, – you've not been a lack of, of work to do there uh, over the last few years. No, no. It's been uh, – it's been – thank God. No, I have – had my construction company uh, doing all that stuff and uh, 
with that knowledge, I was able to, you know, do a lot of it myself. There's only so much, you know, I always need help and stuff. But anyways, uh, yeah, with that background, I built a new uh, pit entrance building, and uh, we actually did it in wood, which I learned that I'm never doing that again. I'm doing everything <laughs> in uh, in metal and uh, trying to keep the, you know, trying to keep the, uh, the upkeep on all the buildings uh, to a minimal. So uh, we just metaled that building to match the new building. We painted our bathroom building, the red, black, and white to match. So we're just trying to make the whole uh, facility match and uh, just make it appealing to the eye. And, uh, you know, first impression's huge for not only the fans, but also, you know, for the drivers, the new drivers. So I want them to have a good first impression of the track. I just like everything clean and, and you no, know, everything just nice and cut and, uh, you no, know, so they have a good experience. You know, one of the things I, I've noticed about silver bullet is, uh, and I do want to talk about your 2022 schedule here. Cause it's a good one. Uh, I, I think you have a really intriguing 2022 schedule coming up, but that racetrack has had a premier division for several years that a lot of racetracks would call a support division. Uh, you've made IMCA Modifieds your headline division at that racetrack. Talk to me about that. Well, we were UMP for the first four years or so. Not going to say anything bad, but we we didn't have a very good working uh, relationship with UMP. And so uh, when that kind of fell apart, uh, I was approached by Jim Jim Standard from IMCA. Uh, he's the vice president, and uh, he always told me if I was interested, and I'll get with him, and uh, it just worked out time-wise, and I talked to him, and ever since then, I mean, IMCA has been phenomenal to work with. Um, you know, the people there, uh, the rules, everything else, and uh, it, it's really, uh, it's been a really nice, nice deal with IMCA plus they really give back to the drivers as far as contingency prizes and we pay into a points fund for them um just a great organization all the way around so but I gotta tell you our IMCA is great but our street stock drivers we run two street stock classes we run our bullet stocks and then we run the Michigan street stocks those guys I mean I couldn't do it without no, our street stocks. The mods are fantastic. I ran a mod for years myself. Uh, I know I love that class, but our bullet stock and Michigan street stock class, I mean, they bring in the cars, the people, and now our road warrior class, which is our four and six cylinder front wheel drive and our four cylinder rear wheel drive. Man, did that class just take off in the last couple of years. I mean, we're averaging 22 24 i mean sometimes even more cars and uh i mean i can't even say we have a premier class anymore because all our classes there's no filler classes or anything like that all our classes have been putting on great racing they've been bringing you know a lot of cars a lot of people and uh so i'm happy with all of them well, Matt, real quick, uh, scrolling through your 2022 schedule, you got a lot of great nights uh, lined up. One that kind of piqued my interest was the Hall of Fame night, and I seen your response to Dave to him. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit about what you have going on with your Hall of Fame there at uh, Silver Bullet Speedway? 
Well, Hall of Fame night is basically we induct, usually it's one person that it's been with the track for a long time as far as uh, whether it was a racer, an employee. Um, we did do a family, the family that um, that originally started the track back in 1953. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't have any place to display. Um, you know, we want to put a whole, basically, you no know, Hall of Fame wall up in the new building in the museum end of it. And then we can put the past uh, winners of it and inductees and then know the most recent ones and continue that. Now, unfortunately it's really cool thing. I mean, we did Sam O'Connor who his son's race there and now his grandson's race there. No, unfortunately, no, he passed away a couple of years ago, but um, we did uh, um, uh, McPhail uh, which was our flagman, or before I owned it, he was flagman up there for years. Uh, we inducted him. I, I mean, we've over the last, I think we've done it for six to seven out of the, this will be the 10th season of me owning it. And uh, so it's just a cool thing to honor those families that, you know, families or, or people that, uh, you know, have been part of the track for a long time and kind of a legacy at the track. And it's our own deal, and I just think it's important to remember, you know, the people that have been there and, and their families that raced there and, you know, passed on from generation to generation, and even the people that, you know, founded the track. So, uh, um, you know, that's, that's kind of where we go with that. You know, I kind of talked to some people, uh, you know, a handful of people, and they have any good ideas on who they think would be a good uh, selection for it, and... Uh, and then we decide from there. So we get their families out there and do a whole presentation in Winter Circle and makes for a really nice night and they feel really appreciated, which you know, is important. One of the other things, too, about this schedule is uh, you have a, you've had a longstanding partnership with non-wing sprint car racing at Silver Bullet Speedway. That has been uh, really always a good show when it was, uh, you know, the MTS series, the Michigan Traditional Sprint Cars. And then that relationship rolled over when Barry bought it and, and it became Great Lakes Traditional Sprints. And now this year, if you look at this schedule, you see a real... Uh, commitment to the Great Lakes family of sprint cars. You've got multiple lightning sprint dates, multiple traditional sprint dates, and the really exciting thing, and uh, I, I think a lot of fans caught this very quickly, is the August 6th date where Great Lakes Super Sprints, the winged 360 sprint cars, make a return to Silver Bullet Speedway for the first time in a very long time. How long has it been since uh, winged sprint cars have graced that racetrack? It's been, well, It'll be, it was nine years ever since I owned it. No, back then it was sods and, uh, they were just out of our price range. And, uh, the tradition, no, when Joey had, uh, Joey Irwin had, uh, Michigan traditional sprints. No, we worked so well with them and they always put on a, no, a hell of a show for us. And, uh, no. And then last year I tried the lightning sprints, which I had never done. And I tell you what. They were running faster laps than the full wing 360s had ever done at the yeah. track, which out of a, no, those cars, um, I mean, it, and it, it was just unbelievable. It was spectacular. I mean, they put on, 
that was the best night we ever had at Silver Bullet as far as, uh, you know, financially. And, uh, and in traditional sprints, you know, even when Joey had it, now with Barry, you know, we work really well with, we work really well with Joey and we work really well with Barry. Um, Barry, I even talk about business and it doesn't even have to do with the track. So, um, but um, it just, I figured the lightning sprints were so good last year. I'd run them twice. Michigan traditional sprints, I always, or I'm sorry, Great Lakes traditional sprints now. Um, they, you know, they always put out a great show. So uh, I've always run them three times. And Barry and I talked and talked and talked. And uh, we worked out a deal to bring back the super sprints. So I'm excited for it. Like I said, this, this will be the 10th year of me own it and the first time I've had them. And uh, I'm I'm super excited for that show too, so uh, it should be a great night, and I'm sure people will be excited to, uh, you know, to uh, check them out. You no, know, it's been so long. So I'm uh, uh, hoping for a good night for myself and Barry and and you know all the sprint car drivers. So I'm sure they'll enjoy it. Well, one of the other uh, big events that you have, it, it's kind of a regular night of racing. It looks, um, but one of the former NASCAR drivers, Ken Schrader, will be racing uh, the weekend after the Great Lakes Wing Super Sprints. Um, tell us how that came about. I know Ken is one of them guys that, you know, he's kind of gone away from NASCAR, but he's got racing in his blood. He'll drive anything with four wheels. How did you manage to get a hold of Ken and have him come out and uh, race with you folks on that night? Well, it was actually last year. It came for the first time I got unusual message on our Facebook page and I wasn't I was a little skeptical on it because it was uh a guy that was trying to get a hold of me in regards to bringing Kenny Schrader in and I didn't know you know with anything with social media you never know if it's a scam if it's this <laughs> or that and yeah, so I called him I called him and sure enough I mean he knew everything and anything about Kenny and uh, I set it up through him, and then he had Kenny Schrader call me, and uh, and uh, I tell you what, that guy is awesome. I mean, hands down, you could not get a nicer person towards people, drivers, fans. Uh, just he's like a matriarch of, of racing, dirt track racing. I mean, he just loves it. He loves the people. He signed autographs. I said, no, about a half hour up front. Is that cool? He's like, yeah, that's fine. He took, he was up there for all of an hour. Uh, he took pictures with everybody. He signed anything and everything they wanted. They came back to the pits. And I mean, I asked him to leave him alone a little bit just so he could concentrate on <laughs> the racing. But I mean, he didn't turn one person away. He shook hands. He, signed anything, everything they had. And, uh, no, unfortunately I was hoping he was going to stay the night and drink a few beers with us and have bonfire, but <laughs> yeah. he had a prior, com he had prior commitment with, uh, the federated, uh, his, uh, you no, know, his traveling, uh, no, it's, it's, it's experience, no driving experience. And, uh, so he had a prior commitment on the other side with the asphalt, uh, no driving experience with those cars. So he couldn't stay the night, but, uh, <laughs> it got him funnier. Somehow they blew the, 
the plug off the trailer. I don't know if it backed out, and they basically had no trailer lights, no trailer brakes on the hauler, not his hauler, but the federated hauler. And so we sat there till about 1230. I cut a plug off of one of my trailers, and we were out there wiring it. He was right there wiring it. We were laughing, no BSing, and uh, and he said this year that I'm hoping he can hold true to it because I know, know he's got his obligations with Federated, but that he's not going to plan anything for Sunday so he can hang out and drink a few Bud Lights or Budweiser's. I forgot what he drinks and uh, <laughs> and eat some food and, and have a bonfire with us. So, uh, but, I mean, that guy was spectacular. That's I mean, cool. I couldn't have asked for a better person, you know, all the way around to come to our track. And on that date, you no, know, that is our tentative schedule. Uh, I talked to him uh, right before Christmas, and he was just figure, figuring out his uh, federated schedule because for him to drive just in town, you no, know, the race would be, uh, you no, know, would be a lot more costly. So if he has a federated thing on Friday and blah, 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 then it kind of offsets the cost of him coming in the town. Um, so he's got to still figure that out. That was the tentative date we came up with, and he's supposed to let me know for sure that that works. But he will be coming. He says he's coming no matter what. Um, and that was our tentative date we had set up. I just got just got finalized, but I don't see any problem with that. And well, that's it, awesome. You, you know what I think is funny? We were talking about this in our uh, group chat that we have for Horsepower Happenings. If Ken Schrader wasn't enough, shopping cart races are also on that <laughs> night. I don't know what that means, but it definitely has my attention peaked. What What in the world is that? <laughs> it is the most hysterical thing to watch. Basically, we get the younger kids in one group up to a certain age, and we have the older adults in another group, and we have five or six shopping carts. We actually broke the frame on one last year. So we got a little welding to do on that. But basically what they do, they start in turn four at the cone. They get the checkered flag. One person's pushing. The other one's in the shopping cart. And they push it down the track. They got to go around the orange cone at winner's circle or at uh, the flag stand. At that point, the one pushing has to get in the shopping cart as the other one's getting out, and shopping carts fall over. People are falling out of them, and you try pushing a shopping cart on dirt. Oh, I can only imagine. And the bank dirt track, it's wanting to go down towards the infield, and I mean, I'm there. I'm cracking up the whole time. Uh, Thank God we have them sign a waiver. We have not knocked on wood any injuries, but man, is. It is hysterical. When they're done, I mean, you don't think it's that far, but pushing, you no know, 150, 200-pound person in a shopping cart, and, no, they aren't the best shopping carts in the world. Right. And uh, the wheels are flopping around, and they are wore out. But, man, it is hysterical. We do, like, a heat race, and then we do first and second of the youngest and first and second of the oldest. We race them together, and it's just it's just an intermission thing, but man, is it entertaining. And they come up with names for their shopping carts or their teams. And it's just one of those fun events that it doesn't cost anything, but people love it. Matt, one of the other things I want to make sure we talk about, there's a lot of other fun events uh, listed on your calendar. 
um, you know, including autograph nights, topless night, which I love the the note, cars only on June 11th, um, <laughs> spectator drags on June 25th, kids night and bike races, um, and then, of course, the, the sprint car races, championship night, September 3rd, really great 2022 schedule. One of the other things, though, as we're running out of time, I want to make sure that I get a chance to talk to you about is um, you, in your own words, were surprised and honored at an, an award that you had received uh, not very long ago during the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Banquet. I want you to talk about that a little bit. Well, basically, well, backtrack to 2020, um, the 2020 season, uh, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club, which if anybody's not a member for 15 bucks, 20 bucks for a family, become a member. It's a great, great organization. Um, but they didn't have their 2020 banquet. Um, which was a bummer. It's a be- well, you were at the 2021. I mean, it's a beautiful banquet yeah. and, uh, they do a heck of a job. But, uh, when they came for Michigan Auto racing fan club night at the track, I was, uh, presented with the 2020 promoter of the year for Michigan Auto racing fan club, which I had no clue about. So, uh, that was a huge award and you no, know, I was very appreciative of it. Uh, so uh, I got that, and then we had the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Banquet in 2021. And back in the fall, when we're at MIS for our Michigan Speedway Promoters Association, which is all the track owners, promoters in the state, and then we have our associate members like insurance companies and stuff, but just the owners and promoters vote there for, they can vote for one track and they vote, and whoever gets the most votes wins the the Michigan Speedway Promoters Association Promoter of the Year Award, and they present it at Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Banquet. So we were up there. We won the President's Award. No, as a as the, no as the group, which is an awesome honor. But then when Ron got up there, Ron Drager from Toledo and Flat Rock, when he got up there and gave the speech for our group. Then he presented uh, MSPA uh, Promoter Year for 2021, and I couldn't believe he actually said my name. So, uh, so anyways, that was, uh, I mean, getting voted by your peers. So big thanks to whoever voted for me. But that was like the biggest honor I think you can get as far as uh, you know a Michigan track. So absolutely, that was huge. And going back to Kenny Schrader and Ron Drager thing was, uh, I guess, Kenny Schrader called Ron Drager and said, hey, no, we're going to be in Michigan. Where's a good place to race? And he said, no, Matt's doing a ton over at Silver Bullet. No, you should probably go check that out. Ron was the one that pushed him my way. And Ron's our president of the MSPA. So uh, big thanks to Ron Drager for not only presenting me with the promoter of the year, but also for helping uh, us get our foot in the door to have Kenny Schrader come, hopefully on a yearly basis. Well, Matt, uh, as I said, it's been a while since I've been to your facility, but following along on social media all these years, I'm excited to get back this year and see what's going on with the uh, Great Lakes family of sprint cars, among some other opportunities that we have to get over there. Long haul, but it's worth the trip. You guys put on a great show, and uh, I know you got a lot of fans who uh, got on our page today and said they were very excited for this season, so you're doing something right over there, my man. Thanks, uh, thanks for making time to talk with us. 
I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, having me, and uh, definitely come see us. I think you'll uh, you know, be very impressed with the facility, and we've been putting uh, – slowly putting new clay on the track that you know, we had analyzed at Michigan State, and, I mean, this stuff's awesome. It's just really hard to get it. But we've been slowly putting that on, and it's uh, – it's come a long way. So uh, every year we keep doing more and more and just try and make it, you know, the nicest facility I can in Michigan. So, again, thanks, you guys. Come out and see us, and uh, I'd really appreciate it. Time for our second interview tonight, and we go from talking about dirt tracks to dirt track racers, and it's our pleasure to welcome in for the first time a uh, driver who is very well known in IMCA Modified Racing. A.J. Ward joins the program. A.J., thanks for making some time for us, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're interrupting dinner, uh, so I appreciate, really do appreciate you making time, man. Uh, what an iconic race car you've got, first of all, that uh, 20W machine uh, is is unrecognizable anywhere in the state. And when I mean unrecognizable, I mean people know exactly who it is. There's no mistaking it. That's what I should say. Um, you've made a real career for IMCA Modified Racing. For those who don't know... What has led you here, and, and what has made you so successful in this division? Um, I think just uh, coming from a background where where I was led up to racing and uh, just kind of, I don't know, working, working hard and trying to work out uh, or outwork everybody else. And, and you say about sticking out, um, yeah, I, I like my neon colors and <laughs> try to – try to make it look good so i guess when we're not performing well well at least we'll have the best looking car if you're not winning you'll at least look good and not winning is something that you don't normally do uh, i want to talk about your performance in this division uh as a matter of fact there had been a couple of times where you had won so much that the cheers in the stands had started to become booze and i think you can ask any race car driver that when that happens they know they're having some success uh talk about this uh <laughs> talk about this division it's so interesting with imc modified racing with the crate engines or you can build your engines but you know then there's that claim situation um what are you guys doing i know you guys have taken some heat you've had to defend yourself on social media or other people have come to your defense on social media because of how much you win um talk about that a little bit a little controversy with how successful you've been yeah when i started out with the modified stuff we were running the claim the claim engine from 2010 to 2013 and oh man i got claimed 11 times during that time period and uh and they were just just getting introduced with the 604 crate package for the imcas and we kind of switched to that and uh just kind of been going full head of steam um that engine package they got is very competitive and uh we learned it real fast and just started picking off wins and and uh yeah you said about the booze in the stands and i just look at it as long as they're making noise they're <laughs> still doing something right <laughs> so but we're uh yeah we're actually still down in florida right now we uh kicked off our imca campaign down here um getting some uh eastern region shows in uh, and we we won we won last weekend finished a close second friday night and then uh was leading with three to go saturday night and hit a rut and it sent us sideways and the second place car kind of finished us off so that was a heartbreak deal 
we got one more show uh, this weekend at Northwest Florida Speedway before we'll head home. Well, very good, AJ. Uh, definitely, <clears throat> I've I've seen you run all over the place. Do you think the crate motor is how much success do you attribute to that from going to a track like Tri-City and then going over to Thunderbird and then going to I-96? Completely different, you know, like surfaces and shapes and stuff like that. Is, is that crate motor a big help or is it set up for the track? Because it seems no matter where that 20W goes, you're always right there at the top of the speed charts and in contention for a feature win. Uh, I think the crate helps out a lot with it because it's kind of a, a less headache or area where you pay a little less attention to it or you can focus more on, you know, making sure your setup's on point and you can dial in your tires and, and everything in that. And, I mean, the crate is just uh, whether it's a quarter mile or a half mile, I mean, uh, you get your gear dialed in. And it's, it's pretty, pretty unstoppable as far as, you know, running against open stuff. And there was a, there was a UMP show I did at the end of the year. Oh, what was it? I think it was two years ago, the roll of dice where I ran against the UMPs with that crate. All I did was change, change the tires. And, uh, you know, I was finding myself hunting down uh, Kurt Spaulding for, for the win on, on one of the features and end up uh, um, a close third place behind another top UMB guy. But once it slicks off, I think uh, it's, it's very, very competitive with all the big open engines. Um, but I think it was the heat race. I was about a second behind. <laughs> Because uh, them guys putting the power to the ground, but once uh, once we came to the feature, I think I was two thousandths of a second behind Chris Balding's top time. Wow! So, wow! That's really cool. Now I haven't looked at the uh, complete entry list, but is that twenty W going to be making an appearance uh, down at the Bristol Dirt Nationals? Um, you know, we had very good success there last year. Uh, we made the show and ended up finishing 15th out of 116, and we were all signed up and ready to go. And then uh, an IMCA race that's in our region um, got sanctioned in New Jersey that same weekend. So we will be heading to New Jersey to run that show. Um, it was kind of a bummer deal. I was looking forward to going back to Bristol. That was a good time, and um, – there wasn't very many crates that made that show. That was that was mostly an open deal, and and we were going to go back with an open if we were going, but uh, unfortunately not. We had to back out of that since we're going to chase points hard again this year, and, and kind of why I'm I'm down here getting a head start on it. So we're going to go run with that, pursue another another national title. So I've been so getting close to that and haven't really <laughs> eluded that top spot yet well and i was going to ask you about that you know and this program specifically we do talk of course a lot about ump uh, late models and ump modifieds in the regional and national points but this imca national points is no joke and and everybody knows about you know the boone nationals and everything toward the end of the year um you know 
that how, how important is a national championship to you? I mean, is that like the last thing on your modified bucket list, or or is it just up there? It's it's definitely probably my my top one. I I think I've been I've been chasing it since oh, 2016. I know I, I finished third in 2016. I finished fifth in 2017, and I was runner up in 2018, just a couple wins shy. And then, uh, then I think the COVID stuff started happening, and then um, we find ourselves last year flirting with the top spot again, where we were just a couple wins shy. And it, it's just so tough for us because we don't have you know as many tracks and options and nights to race like the guys out west where they run four nights a week. And I mean, they eat, live, breathe racing there. Um, so I guess, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my, my goal. Um, I kept telling myself once I win a, a national title, I'm going to stop chasing points and finally enjoy racing where it was fun again. Cause you know, it would not believe how stressful it is chasing points. And uh, just you know, trying to trying to rack up the wins and and uh, the track championships that have to come with it. You got to win two track titles, so that's what makes it also hard where you can't really travel much because you do have to stay at two home tracks to get them bonus points, and it's uh, it's it's definitely stressful. But I mean, even. Even second in points, I mean, at the end of the year, IMCA's contingencies and their point fund, it just it makes it all worth it. But we're looking to move up that one more spot. Well, now to go along with a possible national championship, I'm sure a big feature win in the A-Main at the Boone Nationals would be right up there as well. Yeah, I mean, it, Boone's a whole nother animal. I mean, that's that, that would be pretty sweet. Uh, we made the show there in 2020, and uh, I mean it's just a lot, a lot of luck comes with that. Um, I mean everybody's just so equal there. It, it's kind of based on your starting spot, really. So the the prestige, I, I guess, would be pretty sweet of it. But um, yeah, I was I was just happy to make the show uh, a couple of years ago on that. You know what? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, you know, looking at uh, some of your statistics, and this is based on races just entered on the My Race Pass uh, website. Over 50 events last year, and some 19 feature wins. And then to hear you say, "Ah, we were a couple of wins shy of a championship," or you know, we didn't get enough races in for a championship. Man, that boggles my mind, uh, you know, with the over 50 starts, again, just on races that are logged in my race pass. That's not including other stuff that doesn't go through that server. Um, and then that many wins. Um, I can understand why that whole thing would be stressful to 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 do that well and still not get the result that you're looking for. Yeah, the, the way IMCA does that, they do your, your best 25 nights out of your first 50 starts. And... Uh, you know, to where if you're going to win a national title, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have wins where second place don't really cut it. Um, and we had, we ended up with 20 wins last year. Um, I think out of 47 IMCA starts and, uh, we had a couple rainouts and 
you know, traveled out east of Pennsylvania, getting halfway there, and then raining out, and just stupid, stupid close races where where there should have been wins, and you just, you look back on all that, and you're like, man, it, you know, if, if all them cards would have would have been dealt right, that uh, you know, it, it's doable and it's possible, and it hasn't been done since '95 when Rick Stout won it, and I mean, of course, stuff was a lot different back then, but, um, I just, I know it's doable. You just, everything's got to work out and, you know, you're playing the weather game and, and paying attention to guys way out West and, um, just trying to hit every show that you can. And I don't know how many nights where we'd run Friday and Saturday and come home, do a quick bolt check and then, uh, drive all night out East of Pennsylvania and hit some Sunday shows and, it uh, definitely takes a toll on you. So now you said that you have to win, you have to win two track championships um, to be eligible. What uh, what's your focus going to be on the tracks uh, here in the area that you're going to be running? Um, Friday nights with work, uh, we'll be at I ninety six. Um, I've been having real real good success there in my home track and all that stuff. And then uh, Saturdays. We're going to venture back over to Thunderbird. Um, I found that track a lot more racier and wider, and you can do a lot more stuff as far as the IMCA point deal where you're starting six row. Um, so we'll be back at Thunderbird again, and uh, we'll chase them two tracks. And then, uh, and then Sundays, I think we have three or four touring races in Pennsylvania that we will hit. And uh, on the nights off at our home tracks, um, we'll probably just be paying attention to the schedule and either hitting Tri-City or Winston and um, Silver Bullet or Crystal on Saturdays. I want to talk about the competition in IMC Modified Racing because, uh, as we alluded to earlier, around this region, uh, you were the man to beat. And I I don't think that that is any secret, and uh, I'm sure that's something that you are proud of. But now that division seems to be getting tougher, uh, specifically, one of your fans put on our Facebook page today, he says, quote, AJ, I love you, man, your class act, but it's going to be tough year. Uh, It's going to be a tough year. Still going to pull for you, but I think one of the DeYoungs will get a track championship this year. And he said, even at I-96, where you are looking to claim a track championship this year, and they are the family that comes to mind for me. Uh, And then, of course, uh, you know, Gary in that 10 car comes to mind as well as somebody who gives you a run for your money. I want to talk about the competition in the state. Really seems to be picking up in IMC and Modifieds. Oh, yes, for sure. Um, Yeah, the last last three years I think the the competition has increased uh, dramatically whether I mean um, you got the younger the younger stars rising up and you know paying attention to the technology and and uh, getting faster through that or you know spending money and getting these the new cars and newer equipment it definitely you know made it to where my wins have been a half a track or a straightaway to to a half a straightaway or a corner now it seems like and um yeah the success at i-96 uh i don't know just everything clicks and my driving style with that track and i think since 2017 i think we have like 
40 starts there with 35 wins. So oh, wow. It, <laughs> wow. It, uh, yeah, it, everything works pretty good there. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know, I know Gary says he's, he's gonna, he's gonna get me. And I'm, I'm he, telling he's you, trying and you and Gary, you and Vandermark have had some really good shows over the last two years. That, that and that instantly comes to mind. Uh, the, some of the really close racing that you guys have had, slide jobs and and leaning on each other. Um, you guys got to have a pretty good relationship out of the race cars to race each other that way. Yeah, Gary is one of the one of the cleanest drivers I've I've ever raced against, and and I mean he he don't even have to be that way because it's it's not even really his equipment. And, uh, you know, he, he could he can smash and beat his way to the front with, with anybody, but he don't, he's, he's always been that clean of a driver. And I mean, when you roll up next to him, you don't really have to worry about much. And, and, uh, you know, same with, uh, Brenton, you know, he's, he's stepped his game up quite a bit. And, uh, you know, if, if Gary's not sucking, it's, it's usually Brenton right there on my heels and, um, you know, it makes, it makes it fun and it makes it challenging. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it also makes me work a little bit harder than, than what, uh, than what I have been. So, you know, these guys getting faster, it, it makes me work a little bit harder to get faster myself. And just like running down here in Florida, um, the first week, I mean, we were, we were good. Um, we were local fast beating them guys. And then, uh, just this weekend, you know, we had, uh, uh, Peyton Taylor and a couple other big names come from Arkansas and William Gold and, and them guys from Oklahoma. And, and we found out like, whoa, okay, we're, we're not local fast. We, we got to step our game up. And I was behind the eight ball just a little bit Friday night. Um, and uh, we, we changed a bunch of stuff for Saturday. And I think I gained almost a half a second. Wow. And, uh, and was the car to beat where we were chasing Peyton by a half straightaway Friday. He was, he was chasing me to, to a half straightaway and just, uh, had some unfortunate luck running the bottom in the ruts and, and hooked the rut with the left front, just, just enough to, to send me sideways. And then, uh, uh, Peyton ended up bumping me and, and spinning me the rest of the way out they don't protect the leader here. So if you stop on the track, you go to the tail. So that was a, that was a heartbreaker for sure. But, um, I learned a lot about the car on just doing that to try to get faster. So it's, uh, it's a good notebook start to the year that should make me a little bit better back at home. Well, and, uh, we're running out of time here with you. Otherwise I would love to expand on what you've been doing down South and how you can bring that back up here. Uh, but obviously there's gotta be some notes that come back up here. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about AJ is when, when does IMC modified racing become enough, uh, for you? You mentioned, you know, the, the stress of running for a championship and you can't ra- wait to be able to just race for fun again. Obviously this goal means a lot to you and, and your team, um, so when do you say, okay, I, I've, I've ruled the roost for long enough here in IMCA modified racing. Uh, will there be a time for that? And will you move on to a different division? Um, I probably, I'm probably going to stick around with IMCA for quite a while. There, there's a lot of, a lot of notes I've been getting from, from Bill Martin about the statistics and stuff and stuff that I want to reach and, 
I know I need 10 more wins to Patrick Stout for the all-time Michigan win list. Um, wow. So I'm definitely – Definitely want to to get that this year, and then you know, then it's going to be 200, and uh, then I'd be moving into the top, I think top 10 all-time IMCA win list nationally. And um, you know, my little boy, he's he's going to be starting mini wedge this year, and we want to focus some more time on that. So I don't think um, I'll be away completely if. I do get this national title or, or whatnot, but it will definitely, it won't be two nights a week. I'll be stepping away. <laughs> we'll probably stay at I-96 on our Fridays and then, uh, and then probably focus on Creighton for Saturdays or find a place where we can do both and whatnot. So, I mean, we'll still be hitting it hard, just, just not uh, probably a national or, or regional level, but more, more local and, and then, uh, I guess traveling and hitting some, hitting some big paper shows and and whatnot. So La- there's definitely some some IMCA stuff I wanna I wanna check off the list after after these points deals are over. Last question, and uh, then we'll let you go because I know dinner's waiting. Um, obviously, you're only a half a dozen races in. It's still February, long long season, especially when you're running for national points, but. I think that everybody kind of knows or kind of gets that feeling. Do you have a feeling? Do you think uh, 2022 is the year for the 20W? Uh, man, it's it's got to be. I mean, I, I haven't worked this hard, and I know we got uh, we got our 2021 car that we raced last year that's all fresh and ready. That's what we have now. And then uh, I, I got a brand-new car that's going to be done here in a couple weeks where we're going to try to have – one car one night, one car the other, just to take a little bit of a little bit of the stress out, or save it until midseason, so we have a fresh car to go. And um, uh, a big shout out to Tony Williams with Tony Williams Insulation. He's he's picked me up the last couple of years and has made this national title dream uh, a shot. So he's uh, he's back behind me 100% and. Uh, uh, we got a full head of steam for it. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. So, uh, got some kids coming out of the restaurant. So, nope. No problem. Chuck, I know you got one last thing here. Well, I just, uh, I just know there's a lot of people that make it possible besides, uh, TWI. Who else, uh, makes your, uh, race team go round in circles there, AJ? Um, yeah, like we said, first and foremost, uh, Tony Williams with TWI Installation, uh, CL Trucking and Excavating, Level 5 Construction, White's RV Rental, Rear Rink Roofing and Siding Sales, uh, APCO Racing, BHE, BSM Lawn Care, I Own Your Race Car Swap Me, uh, Exitivo, Soybean Seed, uh, Razor Chassis by Roth. Oh, what else I got here? Uh, Close Racing Supply, uh, The Miller Family, Weir's Machine, Fast Shafts, uh, just all them guys. I can't thank them enough for the help, and and they they know what we're up to, and and they're uh, you know they're very supportive of that, and especially the CL Trucking Excavating. That's that's where I work, and he's very lenient on uh, 
let me get out of work on early on Fridays or, or when we go far out east um, to have Mondays off so, you know, we can make it back safely with a little bit of rest and uh, in that and uh, little contingency sponsors. Um, yeah, can't thank them guys enough. AJ, man, congratulations on uh, everything that you have done in your modified career. Nice job on, on what you've accomplished so far down south, and we'll wish you good luck and go get them the rest of the way. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, that's going to do it for a uh, jam-packed night on Horsepower Happenings. A lot to unpack with our guests tonight. Want to say again thanks to uh, Matt and AJ for making some time for us uh, to chat tonight. And uh, Chuck, I want to say thanks a lot to you for jumping in here. Kind of a last-minute audible. Uh, that's my fault. That was bad, bad, uh, bad coaching, bad, <laughs> bad game management on the coaching staff. But uh, appreciate you jumping in last minute to take care of uh, take care of me here while Rich enjoys his martini. Yeah, while uh, Rich is enjoying his sunsets and margaritas and stuff like that, <laughs> uh, you know we're up here, and uh, I, I didn't think I'd make it. But we had enough time, and it's my pleasure to always come in and help out and be part of Horsepower Happenings. Chuck, let's talk about some things that are coming up. As we mentioned, Great Lakes Lightning Sprints will be racing at the St. Mary's River Roar March 5th at 1 o'clock. If you want to check that out, GLSS, Great Lakes Lightning Sprints on Facebook for more information on that. But I know you're really excited about an event that's now, what, three weeks away? Yep, three weeks away from the fifth annual Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Bowling Tournament presented by the fine folks at Northside Towing and Service in Lansing. Uh, we're going to be bowling for Racing for Miracles and the Randall Gittner Memorial Benevolent Fund for the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. Uh, it's on March 19th. Uh, Sign-in starts at noon and the bowling starts at, uh, let me see, look at my notes here, 1 p.m. National Anthem and the bowling starts. Uh, 3 p.m. after bowling concludes, we have an award ceremony, and that's the uh, March uh, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club meeting that will be uh, going on. Uh, come on out. Uh, you don't have to bowl. Uh, it's a great time. It's great bench racing. There's people from all over the state, from the dirt tracks, the pavement tracks, everywhere in between, go-karts. We have a great raffle table set up. I got my family helping out, you know, my lovely wife, Brenda. Uh, my son-in-law, Brian, he always helps with the scoring destiny's around taking pictures. My grandkids are helping sell 50 fifties. Uh, Dale Spencer, uh, is helping out this year as well. And I appreciate, you know, everybody that stepped to, to the plate. Um, all the funds go, uh, half the funds go to the Randall Gittner Memorial for, um, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. And then the other half is going to the folks at Racing for Miracles, which helps, uh, Hurley Children's Hospital out of Flint. And that was another big announcement that came out. Uh, they're having a modified race in June at Bertrand Speedway. And it's a downright awesome modified race, Racing for wow. Miracles, for Awareness for Down Syndrome. Uh, it's going to help help Hurley Children's Hospital. And it is $5,000 to win for modified. Wow. That, night. So that should be a really, really big show. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Again, uh, we welcome back uh, some of the great things that are going on in racing this coming month. Right. March kicks it all off. We got icebreaker down at Brownstown. We got sprint car racing coming back. Open wheel racing. March is the unofficial kickoff to racing. And then. Folks, are you aware that tomorrow we're a month away from the Michigan, the scheduled Michigan opener with the player hater up at Winston? 
Tomorrow marks a month. One month away from a... Well, I don't know. It That early <laughs> in April, it's still a little too cold for my bones. My opener will be uh, Saturday, April 30th for the first of three visits by the Jake CRA All-Stars Tour to Bertrand Speedway and Event Center. And I'm looking forward to that one as well. Chuck, again, want to say thanks to you for joining us tonight. Uh, on behalf of Rich France, who, again, is uh, licking the salt off of margarita rims, on behalf of <laughs> Scott Menlin, who's down in Nashville, Tennessee, I'm Zach Heiser. He's Chuck Darling. We appreciate you tuning in and catching another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.